Hello and welcome to Life Changes You. I hope you've all had a good week. Uh, we're into summer now in Australia, which is beautiful. The weather's really good, even though I'm in Melbourne. Today I'm speaking to a local, but not so local because he's on the other side of Australia in Perth. Anyway, this is Paul Bryan and he's a coach. He coaches and trains and runs consultancy for business. So hello, Paul. How are you? Great, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Look, uh, so I found Paul by just flicking through Facebook and in Australia I work, I'm a provider under the National Disability Insurance Scheme and he had something there that he was advertising and talking about and I thought, oh, this guy looks interesting. He's someone I haven't had on the show before. So that's why I reached out to him and said, do you want to come on and do a podcast and let's have a chat? So do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself, Paul? Yeah, certainly. So um the, the post that you would have seen would have been, uh, obviously, as you said, in the uh, NDIS um, space yep. where I run a networking platform for businesses that assist people with disabilities here in Australia. Um, I started that really because I found a lot of people had great experience and were passionate with what they do, you know, nurses, community workers, all that sort of thing, but many of them didn't have the ability the, the know-how to start and run a sustainable business. And that's yep. where I wanted to step in and really help do that. Yep. Well, look, I know what you mean because when we first started two years ago, we run a business here in Melbourne, which is teaching communication skills. Um, we started doing networking meetings here. And in the beginning, we had one or two, then we started to get more. Then COVID came and we had to shut it down. Um, but everybody that came to us was like, how did you start your business? How have you got your participants? How have you done this? How have you done that? And, you know, it wasn't that I didn't want to give them the information, but I just didn't want to give them all the information because we'd spent all that time getting our, our list together of all the different support coordinators, people like that, and contacts. And that's what everybody wanted. That was like the gold dust or, you know, how do you actually connect with people? Uh, luckily for me, myself and my business partner are really good at connecting with people. So for us, even though we've had our slow times, it's been easy to get in the rhythm of chatting to people and finding stuff out. So how do you find that most people are finding tackling the NDIS? Oh, look, the, as you know, the NDIS is a ever-changing dragon that uh, is changes on a whim. So, you know, when you add in the, the not instability, but the, the difficulty to, uh, you know, really understand the full scope of, the project yeah um then you add in trying to figure out how to you know promote your business or how to correctly bill underneath the ndis all those sorts of things you, you really do need a network around you of people that have either been there done that or going through it right now yeah um because as, as you said before people are coming to you saying oh you know how, how'd you get your list and that's sort of, can i have your list of people it, it's not a difficult thing to learn how to connect with people and find the right people that you need to connect with. But for no one that's ever done it before, then it can be really daunting to reach out to people you don't know. Yeah. So that's where we really started was just helping people network effectively without going in and saying, Hey, can I have all your stuff? Yes. <laughs> so you started your networking stuff and I've seen a couple of follow-up uh, adverts in the group that we're both in. Um, it seems to be that you're getting quite a few people coming forward wanting to join the group. Yeah, so I run a couple of different spaces there. One is a, a free group where I do 
I run uh, free workshops probably every four to six weeks. Yeah. Sometimes like, my next one next week is around uh, uh, creating clients because people often say, where do I get clients? Well, they're everywhere. Yep. But it's like saying, how do I make a cake? You don't just get a cake. You get the ingredients and you put the ingredients in in the right order. And it's the same thing. You know, you need to have, you know, you need to have uh, procedures in place to yep. connect with people. You need to have the right message going to the right people. So I'm going to break that down for people and help help them understand um, that getting in clients isn't putting an ad on Facebook and hoping it sticks. I'm very much about relational uh, marketing. Yep. You know, if you're a sole trader, you're marketing you, not your product or your service. Yep. So I help people with that. So that's our free group. We do those sort of workshops. A bit of, I do a few lives here and there just to help people along. Uh, and then the other side of it is our Momentum Tribe, which is, which is the big one, which we have you know, nationally uh, networking fortnightly calls. One fortnight is a full networking call, who you are, what your passion is, who you help, what you need right now. And the other fortnight is more based around business training. So, you know, maybe we're talking about social media marketing or we're talking about business plans or all those sorts of things, you know, how, to, how to build a website and get someone to put together for you. Yeah, and look, I mean, that, that, that's really important because all that stuff you're talking about, even though we're talking about the NDIS, that flows through into anyone who's running a business, doesn't it? You know, you've got to have a good website. You, you've got to know how to market to the right people. And you said before, creating clients. So what's the process with that? Because, I mean, as I just said before, when we started, we just started, well, we emailed everybody. We, I started phoning everybody and just saying, hi, who I am. Uh, we were lucky. We got a couple of good breaks in the in the beginning mm-hmm. where we found people who said, can I come and have a coffee with you? So they came and had coffee with us. We had one client at the time and we're only a small NDIS business. We run with nine, maximum of nine people a day, but then we do outside programs like uh, excursions, dinners, stuff like that. But yeah, trying to get into those people and finally connect with support coordinators was really, really hard. How how, what, what's the magic bullet? Is there a magic bullet to just connecting with that one person? Look, the magic bullet is connecting. Yeah. That's, you, you've hit it on the head there because if you're, you know, you, you can literally send out, and I've seen people do this time and time again, they sort of get a list from someone of sport coordinators or something like that, or, you know, they go to the NDIS website and download the, the 50 pages of however many people that are on it and just start blanket emailing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, we're all part of, everybody's part of a mailing list somewhere and some pique your interest with a really good subject line and some just get deleted straight away. Yep. And the, the issue is, is that people aren't connecting. Yep. So, you know, people were reaching out to you and saying, let's go have a coffee, let's chat or something like that. If you have a product that someone needs or know someone that needs that product, yep. they're going to want to connect with you. Yep. But if you've got the same product as everybody else, you need to find a way to stand out. Yeah. So if you're just, you know, blanket casting out emails, you're not making any connections. That's why I actually use um, LinkedIn quite a lot more. Oh, yeah. And um, then uh, I suggest people, sorry, use LinkedIn a lot more than Facebook, for instance, because people in, on LinkedIn, when they're there, they're in a business mindset. They're in a networking mindset. Yeah. Um, they're not on there as often as Facebook, but when they're on Facebook, they're looking at cat videos and what their grandson did last week. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're not necessarily going to grab 
like an advert or something you've put on there because they're busy looking at just fun things. Yeah, and especially if they're, you know, in a bundle of these groups. I mean, you know, I'm personally in about 30 NDIS groups. Yeah. Um, and people are often the same. And, you know, you just get post after post, hey, we do these 37 um, things and we can help you with all of this. And, and when you're speaking to everybody, you're really speaking to nobody. Yep. So if you can connect on a niche, on a particular market with your experience and your life experience and your, you know, educational experience, whatever you do, and that's relevant to the person you're connecting with, you've got a, a winning um, connection there. Yeah. And look, I, I will admit and I, have, I don't think I've told anyone this before, but when last year when we had COVID, we started doing a lot of online programs on Zoom. And I said to my business partner, look, let's go on the NDIS website. We downloaded all their files where it gave you all the addresses of every business in Australia. And we cut out all the ones we wanted for support coordinators and stuff like that. And then we just did a blank email out to everybody. Hi, we're doing these Zoom things. And we did get a couple of bites, which was good. But what we didn't check was some people had slightly different email addresses, but it was all going to the same person. So after we'd sent out about three and a half emails in the afternoon, I got phone calls from people saying, stop sending me an email. We've had 10 already. (laughs) But that was just a mistake. You know, we didn't realise that we were starting the business and that's how it went. But, yeah, you are correct. I mean, when you can actually, I think talking on the phone is good, but if you can eyeball someone, you've got a lot better chance of not sweet talking, but being able to connect with them in a way that you can't over the phone or over a Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, no, obviously, you know, I, I feel for you guys in Victoria and New South Wales, like just coming out of full lockdown now, you've, <laughs> you've had to bubble it up for a little while, you know. And, uh, it's and been crazy. By a video. But um, and I, I have I have made that uh, mistake a few times of you know in my classes sitting here like I go and meet people for coffee, and then you say you know invite people out for a coffee and then say like, oh hang on a minute well you know maybe invite them for a Zoom where they bring a coffee on and you have yeah. a, a nice chat. Um, but you know we've we've all uh, learnt new ways of doing business over the last sort of two years. Um, everybody has had to think on their feet. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. I think everybody has been become a lot more used to Zoom and learnt ways to connect better via video. Oh, definitely. And look, when we last year when uh, COVID first happened, we're lucky that my background is in disability and also counselling. So we can work with people with any type of disability plus uh, mental health issues. So when COVID hit and we had a lot of people who couldn't go to day programs, they were allowed to come to us because we were working on mental health too. So even though we capped it around, look, during the main part of COVID, we were at six people a day because we didn't want to push it. As we've come out this year, we've been seven or eight, nine a day and nine is our cap. Um, And that's a profitable business, profitable business for us. but, yeah, I can't imagine how people with a disability have managed over the last two years when they're already finding it hard to know what they need to do each day to then be told you're doing nothing every day, you just got to stay in the house. Mm. Yeah, look, people have had to be really creative yeah. and um, it's definitely put the, the push on many support workers who relied on doing stuff and now have had to go, oh, what, what do I do with my client? Today. Yeah, because there was no movies, no house. bowling, nothing like that. Yeah. 
exactly. even a walk was only an hour a day that you could do. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you definitely see through those sorts of things where people have connected with other other businesses. And that's, you know, over the last 18 months, we've seen a massive spike in the Facebook groups who are joining up. Yeah. And that's because they're looking for connection. You know, what, what do you guys do at the moment? You know, having a really hard time here. We're in this area. Um, we can't, you know, leave the block. You know, where am I taking my client? What am I doing? And people are suggesting, and that's, that's the networking and connection that's happening. Where people are reaching out desperate for help, but there's, a, there's some people that are, you know, oh, you'll figure it out. And there's other people that are actually offering assistance. Yeah. You know, a few of the more experienced ones who uh, maybe have had to deal with similar things before where their client can't go out because of their disability or something to that effect. And have you found that some of the people who have connected with you maybe are people who have thought, look, I'll start an NDIS business, but they don't really know even how to start it. They're sort of like they've been looking for a job. And, look, I'm not saying this is a bad thing because I think anyone you know, disability is a great field to be in. But I think there are sometimes there's occasions where people have gone, I'm going to start a business and they have no idea. Well, they've probably never ever met a person with a disability. Yeah. Oh, look, you know, I've, I've fielded my fair share of messages through Facebook from people who are, I've, I've just started my business. How do you get me clients? Yeah. And when someone starts a message like that, and then I have a look at their profile and there's, there's nothing on there that they've worked in the field or anything like that. I sort of say, oh, you know, have you been working in the field? Oh, no, I'm coming from, you know, accounting. I'm really tired of it. I want to do something else. So, okay, well, how about you uh, maybe connect in with some other businesses and maybe work as a support worker for yeah. a, a few months. Make sure you want to do this because, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not daycare. Um, which I think a lot of people have, have jumped into. But on the other end of it, um, I've got a, a couple in my program right now who, you know, the, the husband has been um, the, the main support of his, his brother who has a uh, disability for the last uh, 14 years. And the, the wife has been a nurse, you know, for, for a long time as well. And they just sort of decided that they'd like to be able to do more of what they've been doing with his brother without other people as well. Yeah. And so that's brilliant. They have experience you know they have a passion to really help people and see them thrive yeah. but they start they join my program under their own names because they didn't even have a business name right to start yeah. with yeah <laughs> but you can see that even though they didn't know how to start a business they didn't know how to they, they I, I recommended an accountant to them so they could at least get things sorted out how it should be yep and um but they got the ball rolling and now they're actually signing up their first client you know within a within a month and they're thinking oh okay what's the next step now do we get registered so we're going okay well let's wait off on that because you don't have to right now and yeah. depends on obviously who you're working with um but the, the beauty in that is that someone who is actually really passionate about this is doing yeah. something but yeah there are definitely the fair share of people out there who are just going you know what the government just dropped 22 billion or 13 billion into the industry that's probably a good place to go and get some work and look the thing is i mean we're working in it and it's not like because i mean we've seen the adverts with uh the people who are buying their yachts and mansions and stuff like that and you know it's there's not a lot of cream off the top like people say to us oh you must be raking it in but then you've got to think of we pay work cover for our 
our workers who work with us. Yeah. We have quite a, a big insurance policy that we have to pay each year to make sure everybody's covered. Um, there's our um, auditing costs, which are around three and a half, four grand every 18 months, taxes, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, what comes in usually goes out each week, but it's enough to give us a good uh, a good income to pay some other staff to work for us and to provide stuff. We need to pull back a bit on, we, we tend to buy all our art and craft stuff and take that out of our own money where we should be adding those charges on. Mm. And I think a lot yeah. of people fall into that trap where, oh, we'll just buy this, we'll just buy that. And at the end of the year, you find you've actually spent a lot of money. Oh, definitely. And that that's one of those things that, um, you know, a lot of people in the industry are they're just passionate to help, and so they'll they'll spend what they have to to make sure their clients happy, and that's fantastic. But you also need to make sure that you're going to be able to help that client for a lot longer as well, and not burn yourself out because you're making stuff all because you're spending all the money <laughs> helping your client. It's that it's that cycle of help, but if you can't help for a long time, it's not great help. Yeah, I found a lot of people have really struggled with you know do do i if i've got employees do i pay them going driving between shifts so they're not missing out or that sort of thing you said well it's one of those decisions that you have to make how much are you making how much do you want to make yeah and look it is um i mean you just touched on a really good point there about burnout because i think a lot of people who are in this industry don't realize how challenging it can be on a day-to-day basis, working with people with disability, yeah. mental health issues, um, autism, those sort of things. Uh, and as you said before, sometimes people think, oh, look, there's all this money gone in. Surely I can make some of that. But they don't realise the training that you need to have. I mean, I don't think we're actually required at the moment to have even a certificate for in disability. Look, I don't, I, so I don't have a certificate in, in disability, but having said that, I'm not a support worker i'm a i'm a i'm a business guy that's what yeah, i do yeah yeah um but i i am capable of starting my own ndis business and going and doing community support so it's very unregulated yeah you know i i i believe that over the next few years and this is I, i'm not you know nostradamus or anything like that but we're going to see that you know the registration is going to become mandatory and because the government will simply want to um, get to the point where they want to crack down, and they want to, they'll want to regulate as much as possible. Yeah, because they've, they've, I think I think we're seeing a bit of a let's spend up big on this industry, see what happens, and then we'll rein it into where we want it to be. Yeah, uh, we've seen them do the same sort of thing before in different areas, so we're going to be wary of that. But from from my background, I mean, I, I literally started doing started realizing that I. I could help some people here because I was helping a friend of mine who's both a participant and a provider. Yeah. And, you know, we were just looking at his business and how he could do things a bit better and not overdo himself and started looking at the industry. I thought, this is just a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, he's, he's got a lot of qualifications, but he's, you know, people were jumping over him with like, they've just started. This is the first time ever working in the industry. So I really wanted to see people that were passionate about what they do move on and actually do what they want to do for a long time. And I think, as you say, we actually tossed up whether we should re get recertified, um, and we did, and we're glad we did now. And I think once everybody becomes regulated, 
I know there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, no, you can't do that. And, you know, we, anyone should be able to work. But I think it just puts all those ground rules in place that everybody then has to follow. And then we make sure that everybody who's coming into the field is actually qualified or uh, knows what they're doing and having to, you know, make sure that they tick all the boxes every year and not just yeah. be, all right, I'll do this, I'll do that. Because yeah. there is a lot of work in being certified. Um, and we've now been certified. Well, we had our provisional and now we've just had our first term audit. Um, and there was a lot of information we had to provide. But, yeah. you know, it's good. I, I think it's good to know that when people come to us, they know we're a registered provider. They know we've had all our background checks. I think they're important things because mm. other people who aren't registered can do yeah. that. But when you're registered, you know that the government has had a hand in making sure that everything you've done is right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know that uh, if an electrician comes out to your house, they're working on the electrical part of your house, they have to have a contractor's certification. Yeah. And if they don't give you the piece of paper that says that they're certified and the work they've done is certified, they can get a very, very large fine. Yeah. How much more if we're working with people? I know. It's scary, yeah. isn't it, that there isn't a regulation to say that working with someone with a disability, you should have at least this qualification and we should know exactly what you're going to do with those people. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, as I said, I, I could go out right now with no uh, training other than, you know, in relevant field, you know, a certificate for in leadership, oh, sorry, counselling from a leadership course I did 20 years ago, uh, you know, and my, my, my coaching certification, because I, I could be a support worker right now, which I, I do find really odd. I mean, a cert for in disability services or something like that should be a entry level. We should be starting with this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, even just to be a, a, a trade or something, you need some sort of diploma um, before a licensed trade. I just feel that once you start getting into the realm of actually, you know, running a business with more than just you in it. Yes. I, I think the business should, should definitely be looking towards registration. Yep. Um, it is a massive cost, massive time. It's if you are in this for the long run, that's part of your business. Yeah, that's yeah. part of what it is. Yeah. So with your networking groups, um, what sort of like how long do they sort of run, and what sort of things do you cover? Is it like um, with psychology mindset and stuff like that, or is it just networking and as you said before, creating clients? Mm-hmm. setting up i mean look it must be fascinating to help people start their businesses because i've seen over the last few months there's been two or three people who have put their business up for sale and mm-hmm. i don't really know how they can sell them when you're not allowed to sell them with participants included because it's their choice and control whether they stay with you or not so really yeah. you're just i guess you're selling the setup costs yeah look i mean in regards to our our networking program our uh, the momentum tribe that we have is a 12-month commitment. Um, people can either pay upfront, get a, a nice discount, or it's a monthly fee. Um, and the reason I say 12 months, I've had people go, oh, why, why 12 months? Because if you want to make a real difference in something, focus on that one thing for one yeah. whole year yeah. and have one serious main area of input and you will see a massive change because there's, there's plenty of people running awesome networking programs. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm in contact with a few people like... Um, uh, Tanya Gori, who runs an online and in-person networking events around. Yep. And you can go to there and you can even get a sponsorship spot where you'll get to speak for a while. And there's, there's several others happening. But 
I don't believe that you're creating relationships in there. You're just getting information or giving information. Yeah. So I wanted to create something where we had a group of people who were comfortable to ask some harder questions about business. Yeah. We've actually got a group of them in January who are, you know, all in Queensland who are all organizing a big dinner get together in January. Wow. So, you know, they're, they're really creating relationship and, yep. you know, having been in business myself for about 16 years, I've got people that I've been in like using as, uh, you know, my network, my, my uh, business network for that long who they can stop in at my workshop and uh, my office and have a beer on a Friday afternoon. And, you know, we, we know each other. We know, you know what, actually I'm really struggling with this bit right now. Do you have any idea what to do here? Yeah, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, no yeah. worries. We can talk about that. And I, that, that lone lone ranger style of business, everything is for me. I have to do this. I have to. I have to win. Is not a way to win in business. You know, they say if you want to if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Yeah. So that's that's what we're making. And you know, we're talking about obviously networking. So we have our our fortnight where we do a full networking night. Um, we actually have a plan. I make I make everybody follow a uh, a set list of what we talk about, and it's, you know yep. who you are, where you are, what your core services are, what's a couple of bits of experience uh, that you have, like maybe you used to be a school teacher or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then what's the biggest win you've had lately? What can we celebrate with you about? And then what do you need right now? Like, are you going through registration? You got to figure out who you're going to use for your order, or yep. you know. You've got a, you've just taken on a new client who, um, you know, is a bit different to the other clients you've worked with. And then we've got an ideas of things I can do with them or that sort of thing. So really having people connect and have that time to ask serious questions and maybe a bit scared to talk about in a public, more public setting. Yeah. You know, and then obviously, as, as you said, we talk about, you know, the, the client creation. So really spending time on getting to know your niche, your market. And, you know, are you, are you advertising to the participant? Are you advertising to the participant's parent? You know, who, whose problem are you solving with your yep. business? And then, you know, I was surprised when I mentioned the word business plan, the overwhelming, that I got, <laughs> um, and you know, I'm assuming that all their accountants have said, so where's your business plan? And they've sat down with them for like four hours and said, well, we need to nut out this, 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 this. A business plan is something you should be looking at regularly. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I buy, you know, I'm going to invest this much here and I'm going to expect this much coming out here. No, I want to see how much time are you investing into connecting with new clients or new connections? Yeah. Um, how much money are you going to invest in connecting with new people? Are you going to spend money on advertising? Are you going to connect people on a regular basis uh, just by reaching out? Who are you reaching out to exactly? Yeah. Um, these things that actually push a business forward. Yeah. Look, I, I just, sorry, I just, I was, I was off in another world because I was just coming back to where you said about, and this is what I really like about your uh, group is that, yeah, you do see on Facebook in these groups, a lot of people ask a question and even I sometimes go, oh, not again. But, you know, they ask a question which has been asked a thousand times, but to them it's an important question which they haven't been able to ask anyone else about. And 
being in a group like yours, they can bring up that question where they've got yeah. people around them who are probably thinking the same thing, not wanting to ask it because, oh, look, I've seen it on Facebook a million times, but in this group I can, I can ask it and you've got the same people around all the time, which makes it a lot easier for someone who's starting out, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I mentioned the, the couple that were just literally just starting out um, and they didn't know how to just set up their business uh, financially. And so they, they literally asked the question, you know, oh, you know, should we be sole traders? Should we be a, a business? Yeah. Oh, sorry, a, a trust and all that sort of thing. And one of our members who's a plan manager and an accountant just chimed in and just asked the right questions because they've had to do that. They yeah. had the experience, you yeah. know. And they said, oh, what, what, do you, what do you want to do? What's your, what's your goals? And, you know, just that in itself could have been a real mess with about 400 replies in any of the groups. Yeah. With everybody giving their two cents. Exactly. Um, but when you get an experienced person who knows their stuff, and obviously there are different um, takes on, on how you should do things. There's different ways you can do things. Yeah. But you know, having one really good source of input is worth its weight in gold yeah. because you can just get clarity. And that's a lot of what it is. It's people just simplifying things down yeah. to, to what they need right now. Yeah. And I mean, even if you had a couple of people who answer that question, it's still better than having 400 people that answer. They're all different answers and you go away feeling like, well, I'm an idiot because I asked that question and I shouldn't have asked it. Well, yeah, you need to ask it, but if you're in a group like this, you're free to do and say whatever you want because it's about building your business and helping you to get to where you want to go. On Facebook, it's about a lot of people, some with good ideas, some with bad ideas, and some who just want to run you down. Yes, yeah. And that's what we're really fostering is that community feel, and that's the reason for the, the longer time period as well. So the people are actually building real connections where they can ask questions. Um, one of our ladies in... Um, in Queensland has been a great source. Uh, she has been operating in uh, support of independent living for some yep. time now. And it, it's, it's an area that some of the newer um, businesses are looking at moving into because they're, they're having customers say, oh, we'd like to do this. And so she's been able to assist them. Oh, you know, we need to look into this and this. And she's actually run a couple of um, meetings herself, just right. helping people out. And this is, yeah. it's, it's, fostering that generous spirit in people to honestly help. Yeah. Um, expecting nothing in return just because people want to help. Having said that, I'm a little picky about who comes into the group. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got to be, haven't you? Yeah. Look, I'm not looking for people who just want to get in and make a quick buck. I, yeah. if, if you're not about bringing the best possible value to your client, then this isn't the place for you. And I guess I'm not, Quick fixes. No, and I guess more people that would be coming to you though are interested in what you're doing because they're actually putting together, they're putting out some money. So they're more dedicated than the ones that are just on because so many people are on Facebook looking for free advice. And when you look for free advice, that's what you get free advice. If you go and pay someone, <laughs> you actually get something where someone has actually learned all about it and tells you everything that you need to know and helps you mold your business the way you need to do it rather than 10 people telling you all different things. And it's, 
you know, I, I'm amazed at the amount. And look, I have a couple of times on Facebook gone, oh, I should reply to that. And then I just think, no, I don't want to ha- handle all those comments that come after it. Like, well, why did you do that? Why is that important? Blah, 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 blah. You know, whereas yeah. you can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, you know, it's been, it's been quite amusing, um, as I say, feel, fielding a lot of those sort of people uh, around. And I guess a couple of times I've dealt with a bit of backlash from people just saying, oh, you need to give me a list of people I need to contact or through a network. But I like what you said about the free, when people don't put value on free. I mean, as I said, I run my free workshops every four to six weeks. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the average is about 50 people saying, yeah, I'd love to come to it. Yep. And, you know, 10 turn up because they don't put value on free. Yeah. And then I'll be honest, and I've told this to people in, my, in the paid program, I'm giving out a lot of the same information for free. It's just in the program you get to work with me on it and connect with people. Yeah. Okay, I work with you personally on what you're trying to do. But, for instance, my client creation course coming up, it's going to be very good, very actionable uh, information. And I'm up to about 350 people registered for it. Right. I will bet that we're going to get less than a quarter turning up for it yeah, yeah. because they don't put value on it because it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when they pay, they, they put it in their phone and they know they've got to go because otherwise they're losing their money. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's more, um, even though people want it free, there's more incentive to go because, you know, otherwise you've wasted your money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do these free because there are a lot of people out there um, who, are, who are struggling at the moment, particularly coming out of COVID. You know, they've had to change their whole business up or, you know, it's, it's affected them themselves. So, I, I like the idea of the free workshop that I can actually really help some people that really need it. And, you know, very upfront, I obviously promote our momentum tribe in there as well. Yeah. If you know about what we're doing, if you'd like to do more of this, then you can join us over here. Yep. But it's not definitely not a prerequisite. And, you know, I've had, I've had people message me like two weeks after our free program. I said, Hey, I did what you said. And I got like three clients last week. Wow. You know, and that, that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, well done on you to uh, give your time to do free ones because, look, I know it's actually advertising your business, but it is also helping those people. As you say, we've been through COVID where a lot of people either change in career, they had to change career, they don't really know what they want to do. And look, they might go on to be a support worker and do that for the rest of their life, which is good. I, I did that for 20 years. And I was really happy doing being a support worker. But then you'll get the other ones that'll go, okay, well, I can actually move this on. And they might come back to you in a year's time and go, look, I did your thing 12 months ago and it got me started. And now I want to come back and I want to actually learn more about what I need to do. Because navigating the NDIS, anyone who's listening who doesn't understand it, it is a nightmare. It, there's so much to read. There's so much that you've got to type out. There's, It's just phenomenal. I think I had to write... I think it's about 50 policies and procedures before we could have our order and sitting there and, you know, I use some templates from other places and all this is what they do, but still you've got to put it in your own words, write it all out, print it all out, check it all out. And then when they come and audit you and you go through everything you've done, it's like 
And that's even before you've got a, a client in the door. And I mean, now yeah. that now you can start a business without being registered first. We wanted to be registered because we thought that was the best way to go at the time. And probably two years ago, it was better to do that because yeah. you had a lot of people that were funded through the NDIS directly. Um, and so you've got all those people coming forward. Now yeah. with plan managed and self-managed, it's a lot easier to do it without being registered. Although I've heard whispers that they're going to try and tighten that up a bit as well so that um, I, I, I heard that they were going to try and get rid of self-managed and sort of move everything across, I don't know, maybe that's a discussion oh, off air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, look, I think, I think we're still in the... Um throwing the pot of spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks stage of the yep. NDIS. And we're going to filter out of this over the next couple of years and it's going to tighten up to what, you know, the government would, would like it to be because yep. they're not going to keep just throwing money, unfortunately, at it. Um, so we'll see what, we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting ride. Yeah, 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 it will be. Well, look, Paul, uh, is there anything else you want to add? I think we've covered quite a lot there. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really good to chat to you. Um, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. And look, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, not just with NDIS, because you've talked about loads of other little bits and pieces that, you know, cross over into any business that's going on. And that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and as I said, I wanted to talk to you because I hadn't spoken to anyone like you before. Um, and I just wanted to get some different ideas and put it out there for people to have a listen to. So what I'll do is when this goes to air, I'll let you know and we'll put your details up and people then can connect with you after watching, after watching, after listening to the podcast. I don't do videos, I only do audio. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. All right, thank you so much. No, thank you very much, mate. I appreciate it. No worries. Bye-bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other and thanks for listening.